Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back. Glad you found us for another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. As we get into late April, we got a very, uh, get to be a pretty uh, exciting time of the sports calendar. Uh, we've got a NBA playoffs in full force of the first round. We got the NHL, NHL playoffs beginning uh, later this weekend. We've got the NFL Draft upcoming this weekend. We've got the Kentucky Derby coming up in a week, first Saturday in May. So lots of stuff going on. We've got a great guest for you tonight. We're going to talk to J.P. Peterson, host of the J.P. Peterson Show on FanStreamSports.com. J.P. is a longtime sports media member uh, around the country. Tampa, Atlanta, been all over the place. He's based here in, in Tampa now. So we're going to talk some NHL playoffs. We're going to talk some NFL draft with JP. But before we get to JP, I want to give you some thoughts and some comments about the, the playoffs and such and a couple things, just some random uh, sports notes and around the sports world. First off, 30 for 30 on Greg Norman came out about a week ago. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. If you're a golf fan at all, it is a tremendous documentary by ESPN on Norman. They focus on kind of his career and the you know his rise to number one, his his uh, unluckiness in the, some of these major tournaments where guys holing out and things like that. And then they really focus on the '96 Masters when he blew the six shot lead to Faldo on that Sunday. Just a tremendous uh, thirty for thirty by ESPN. Norman was great. He answered every question, give him full respect, give him full uh, accolades, and you'll really enjoy it. So check it out, 30 for 30 on Greg Norman called The Shark. Uh, and You will not be disappointed, a great hour and a half. So that's the first thing I want to get off uh, off the docket. NFL Draft is start, starts Thursday night out in Vegas. We'll run through Saturday. Again, every pick will be all over the dial. You'll see it on NFL Network, ESPN, ABC. Um, I'm personally more of a fan. I, I, you know what? I flip between NFL Network and ESPN. Uh, kind of depends on the uh, the first round. I like to stay ESPN. Second and third, uh, second and third day, I like to flip back and forth between NFL Network and ESPN as well. Uh, as we'll discuss, uh, Mel Kiper will not be in attendance. He is uh, will be he'll be on Zoom, but he will not be live in studio or in on set in Vegas. Um, apparently, he didn't get vaccinated, and he has a I don't know if he has a health issue or something related to that. But he will not be traveling to Las Vegas for that. So that'll be interesting to see how ESPN handles that. Um, always an exciting first round that Thursday night with your team getting on the clock and all that stuff, all the rumors, speculation, trade up, trade down. You know, who might go where? Sounds like Trayvon Walker, the Georgia guy, might be in the clubhouse that's number one. 
you know, there's still a couple, uh, there'll still be a couple days here after, as this is being recorded to determine that, but you'll hear our in-depth talk with uh, J.P. Peterson about the draft, about what we think is going to happen. But the first, you know, this has not been as an exciting lead up to the draft for me personally as it's been in years past. A lot of good players. There's not been any super marquee players. The quarterback positions are down a little bit. The quarterbacks this year. So there's not that big name of, oh my gosh, who's going to get so-and-so and Andrew Luck or whoever. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the first round unfolds. But I will be watching and such. So, all right, let's transition to the National Basketball Association. The playoffs first round is underway. The big story, obviously, if, you, if you've been following it at all, the Nets get swept by the Celtics 4-0. Good for the Nets to get swept. What a what a clown show operation those guys are. Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. I feel bad for Durant a little bit, but I also blame Durant because Durant has been a major enabler of Kyrie Irving to be a clown, which he has been in the NBA his whole career, but especially here with the Nets in the last couple of years. Never plays. Always has to take long stretches of time off and such. And, you know, he refused to get vaccinated this year. He probably missed, you know, 50 games, 55 games because he wouldn't get vaccinated. But yet he wants to collect that $30 million, and they paid him, which was a disgrace. Um, so down on the nets, you know, Ben Simmons, this whole this whole saga with Simmons, mental health, back injury, all a bunch of, you know what, in my opinion. The guy the guy doesn't have, you know, the guy is, is not a strong player, from a competitive standpoint, again, does he have some anxiety, whatever? All athletes have some anxiety and fear and nervousness when they get out there in big moments. Don't let don't let them fool you. But for Ben Simmons, again, to do what he's done when he's arrived in New Jersey or in Brooklyn with the Nets, refuses to play, could have played game three in the series against Boston, didn't. Oh, my back. Oh, my back. What a bunch of crock when it comes to a back injury. The guy's never played, hadn't played in a year, but he has a back injury. All of a sudden, he has a back injury and he can't play. You know, again, another guy stealing money. He didn't give any of that money back that he's been paid all year. Now he's trying to sue the 76ers for $20 million in a grievance over his mental health is issue and situation. What a describe. I am down. I cannot stand Ben Simmons. For a guy that's so mentally fragile... He sure didn't have a problem dressing up in, in hot pink or purple, in lime green, all these exotic outfits saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. For a guy that's uh, a little bit fragile mentally, allegedly, sure isn't, that's sure not the sign of a guy that might that doesn't want a lot of attention and wants to be left alone. So down on Simmons, down on Kyrie. And if you're Kevin Durant, you've just been swept. You've gotten next to no help from your boy Kyrie Irving during the regular season, which was why you were a seven seed. You have to have a referendum this summer. This is a referendum on Kevin Durant this summer. If you want to be a big time player with a big time legacy, and you wanted to, you wanted to come to Brooklyn with Kyrie to create this your own little uh, team here. You either got to ship Kyrie out, or you better have a sit down talk, one on one talk with Kyrie and say, you know what, my man. I've defended you. I've been, I've laid low about criticizing you for all the vaccination stuff. No more. You're either all in or we're, I'm shipping your ass out of here. There's no excuse for Kevin Durant not to be stern and very hard on Kyrie Irving this summer. 
And if you're the New Jer- if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you give Kyrie Irving a five-year extension, you are on some very strong drugs. You better make this guy play one or two years at a time. If you're giving this guy $50 million or five years at 250, you are insane. Because this guy is nothing but a thief when it comes to money. He plays when he feels like it, and he don't feel like playing very often. Out of his 11 years in the league, he's only played 60 games or more four times. Four times out of 11 years has he only even played 75% of the games in the regular season. Joke, joke, joke if you're Kyrie Irving. So enough of that. Kudos to the Celtics for throwing it, shoving it down their throats for the Nets and sweeping the Nets. Get them out of there. Jason Tatum emerging as a superstar. Jalen Brown. They've bought into the, the new coach, Udoka. A lot of depth, a lot of balance in Boston. I like Boston. It should be a great series with the Milwaukee Bucks. Be interesting to see how the, the, the loss of Middleton affects that series. Injuries have been a key component in this first round. Middleton hurt. Devin Booker hurt. You had Luka hurt for a couple games. You got Donovan Mitchell may not play in a pivotal game six in the Utah-Dallas series. So injuries have been a factor, especially lower leg injuries. Most of these have been knees and hamstrings where guys are going to be out a while. So Boston-Milwaukee would be very interesting. Game six, Philadelphia and Toronto. Philly was up 3 nothing in this series. Again, an injury. Simmons, I mean, not Simmons, Joel Embiid apparently has a thumb issue that he's not going to get surgery on. He's going to play through it. But apparently it's affecting his play. Toronto has stayed alive somehow and has forced a game six in Toronto. So give them credit. I do expect Philly to find a way. But if they don't, if they lose this series after being up 3-0, bye-bye Doc Rivers. You know, this is where if you're James Harden in game six, you got to step up and be the guy. You've not played, uh, you not played terrible with Philly, but you've not been superior like you're capable of. Game six in Toronto with Joel hurting a little bit. You need to you need to go out and score twenty five to thirty and get Philadelphia to the finish line to the second round where they'll see the Miami Heat who disposed of the Atlanta Hawks on Tuesday night. So out west you got two great series going on. You got Minnesota Memphis. John ja Morant rescues the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter of Game Five at the gun hits a layup with a second to go to win the game. It should be a great game six in Minneapolis. I expect Minnesota to win that game and force a game seven. You got the emergence of Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns playing pretty good. Then you got Phoenix and New Orleans tied 2-2. Phoenix is uh, obviously no, no Devin Booker for the rest of the series. You got Chris Paul. You got a very uh, up-and-coming New Orleans Pelicans. Another guy not playing, Zion Williams. I don't know what the deal is there. But again, if you're New Orleans, you better figure out this offseason what's, what the deal is with Zion Williamson because, again, guy's been in the league three three years now, has barely played. Zion Williamson needs to be on the court and stay healthy. If he plays in, in New Orleans, that's a hell of a team with Ingram, with the depth that they have, with Williamson, uh, with C.J. McCollum. That could be a major force in the West real soon in New Orleans if they figure out this whole Zion Williamson thing. So, again, good, very good series in the first round. You got Met, you got Utah-Dallas that is going to be in a game six. I could, uh, Depending on the health of Mitchell, we'll determine how that, how that probably ends up. Probably Dallas is probably the favorite now with Luka back. 
even if it has to go to a seventh game. I like Dallas, so give Dallas credit. Getting through the first uh, two two games without Luka, and then Luka coming back in game four. So give them credit for doing all uh, for, for for surviving there. So Jason Kidd and company. So lots of drama in the in the NBA playoffs. You got the NHL playoffs starting this weekend. We're gonna get into that with JP Peterson here in just a minute. But enjoy the sports calendar now, fans. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff to watch. I don't care if you're a fan. NHL playoffs will be great. NBA playoffs will get really good in the second round of each conference, as well as the conference finals. Again, Kentucky Derby coming up. And again, 30 for 30 with Greg Norman was fantastic. You got to watch it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with J.P. Peterson of FanStreamSports.com and the J.P. Peterson Show to talk NHL and NFL Draft. We'll see you in just a minute. We'll be back to the Powers on Sports podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Folks, interest rates are rising. They are on the rise due to some inflationary issues, world events and such. So if you are in the market for a home, looking to buy, looking to uh, invest in an investment property, second home purchase, beach home, vacation type home, now is the time to get your rate locked in. Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. So if you're looking for a place in Key West, in Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Let's get you pre-approved for your home purchase. Also, if you'd like to refinance your home, if your interest rate is in the fives or sixes or high fours, now might be a great time to look at your options of whether to refinance would be beneficial to you financially. So again, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. Feel free to call or text me anytime. I'd love the opportunity to help you anywhere in the state of Florida. Now back to the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Busy times getting ready to begin in the NHL. We got... NHL playoffs getting ready to get started at the end of this week. We got NBA playoffs getting towards the end of the first round. No, but an NFL draft as well this weekend, Thursday through Saturday out in Vegas. No better person to talk lightning, Tampa Bay Buccaneer football, and NHL playoffs. JP Peterson, host of the JP Peterson Show, fanstreamsports.com, Monday through Fridays, 10 to 12. He also hosts the Lightning Hockey Night Live inside Amelie Arena for all the home games. Welcome back, JP. Thanks, Jason. Good to be back on. How are you, partner? I'm doing well, doing well. Before we get to the Bucks and drafts and all that, let's get to some hockey stuff. I know you're, you're dialed in big time with the Lightning. Two great performances this last week. Thumpings of the top two teams in the East. Beat yep. Florida and Toronto scored eight goals each. You know this team very well. Just give me the sense of the Tampa Bay Lightning as they head to, head towards uh, playoff time coming up this weekend. Well, we've been talking about this for a, a couple of months now. What's wrong with the Lightning? They've been very middling uh, in the last couple of months. And it, it was always my thought that um, this team is just bored. You know, it's bored. It's played a lot of hockey, a lot of big, important playoff games. And, you know, they've gone through a stretch where, you know, February was a little weird. They only played six games. You know, then March and April, they, you know, they, they didn't play well against playoff teams. And it just seemed to me that they were just biding their time until the games became important again. And 
I think we're seeing that. They ramped it up against Toronto the other night. Um, I thought that was one of their best games offensively and defensively. Yep. And tonight was just an ass whooping of the Florida Panthers. And, you know, I, I really thought that these two games are this. I've been looking at these games on the calendar for about a month now. We've been talking about them on my show. And I just wanted to see, you know, because I, I honestly, we don't know if this lightning team is a great playoff team. We just don't know because right. this this is a different team than what we've seen the last couple of years, obviously, by by losing the third line. And, you know, and, and guys like Yanni Gordon were just spark plugs. And uh, we saw how important those guys were to our team. So where was this new combination going to be as good in the playoffs? And, and that you know, let's be honest, it still remains to be seen. Um, but when you look at right now what the core of this team is doing, um, I, uh, I was looking at some of the numbers. The last five games between Hedy, Kucherov, and Stamkos, the last five games, they've combined for 43 goals, uh, 30 assists. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous amount of numbers that they're putting up in, in five games. I mean, that they have been phenomenal. I think 13 um, uh, uh, power play goals as well in that 43. So they're just, I mean, your stars are being your stars. Stamkos, you know, we, we forget this, but he's been nicked up the last two playoffs. Right. Uh, Kucherov, obviously, was, did miss the whole season, then came back. Um, so I, I think I've, I've always said from the very beginning that their best hockey is not going to come until the end of the season. And now with, uh, you know, with Hagel and Nick Paul, the goal he scored tonight between his legs. Oh, my God. And we saw him with a between-the-legs pass that Ross Colton uh, last a couple of weeks ago, that guy's way more skilled than I thought. Um, and at 6'4", 227, he, he gives some thumps. So what I saw tonight against the Panthers was a Panthers team that looked a lot like this uh, Lightning team the year they lost to Columbus. You right. know, they, they win the President's Trophy, they get 100 points, but uh, I don't think that they're – I don't. I, we leaned on them tonight physically, and they seemed to wear down. Um, I was expecting a big push in the third period from the Panthers. We didn't see it. I mean, that's uh, if I'm the Panthers, I got to be looking in the mirror going, wow, um, you know, do I really want to face the lightning in the playoffs? And the answer is no. Nobody wants to face the lightning in the playoffs. Stam Coach just became the all time leading scorer for the franchise earlier in the week against Toronto. What's impressing me about the lightning is obviously that it's hard to score eight goals. I don't care who you're playing, yeah. score yeah. eight goals back to back games against these quality of teams is very impressive. That power plays is humming again. Stamkos in the slot that he loves. He scored the other night against Toronto. I just think this, like you said, Stamkos is healthy this year. He's been injured the last couple of years come playoff time. How much do you think playoff position matters and who they play matter? I don't think it matters at all. Um, You know, we've seen that historically. The Blues came from the eighth spot to win it. Um, The Lightning were not the number one seed. Um, you know, you just, I, I kind of like the idea of, um, you know, going on the road for the first couple of games. And, you know, I feel like if you could steal one of those, you, you get the home. And sometimes I think it's too much pressure for the home team. Like for instance, if Toronto has the first two games at home, Toronto hadn't done crap in the playoffs in forever. Right. And physically they're not ready to handle the lightning. We saw that the other night, they're very talented. And I know Austin Meadows didn't, Austin Matthews didn't play, right. Right. Um, but neither did Braden Point. So um, look, I, I, I have no uh, no qualms about playing Toronto and starting up there. I think the Lightning can definitely steal one of those games. Um, Toronto will be tight like they always are in the playoffs. So I don't. And after what I saw tonight against Florida, I don't really fear Florida. I mean, they're a high scoring team, but we know how that that works in the playoffs. 
So yeah, I don't think I don't think playoff position matters at all. Eastern Western Conference. What's the one series you want to see? Oh, I want to see I want to see Florida and, and Tampa Bay. I want to see I want to see us you know beat Toronto. Yeah, because uh, they're always whining and think that they're you know they're they're you know, always the best team in the league and they choke in the in the playoffs every year when they even get to the playoffs. And in Florida, I think you know, like I said, I think that I don't think they're a playoff cap playoff ready team. You know, don't forget they have not won a playoff series this century. They have not won a playoff series since right. 1996. Right. Wow. Okay? They're they're a talented team. They're a very good team. They're a great scoring team. I mean, they're, but the playoffs are a different animal as we found right. out. Um, it takes a little bit more jam, a little bit more size, a little bit more courage to uh, to play in the playoffs. So I'm not concerned about that. But I want to see that series. I want that last year it was a hell of a series. It was probably, you know, the two best teams last year, I think, may have been Florida and, and Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a shame that was a first-round series, but it is what it is. So I want to see that. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take Boston, too. Bring on. You know, the one team that scares me is Carolina. Right. Carolina yeah. plays that tight defense. Uh, they just frustrate the Lightning. Yeah. That's the team that, that scares me a little bit is Carolina. No doubt, no doubt. And, and again, the, the biggest factor in all this and the, and the guy that even if your defense is a little leaky, when you have Vasilevsky between the pipes and all that experience and all that skill that he has, that's still going to be a, a difference maker more than almost any other team in the league has that kind of goaltender. Yeah, you know, and, and let's all be honest about this. Vasi has not been at his best the past couple of months. Um, I do think that this, this uh, Russian war in Ukraine is probably with all the Russian players, I think it's right. taken an emotional toll on them. Um, you know, I've heard that they've had issues getting money home to their, to their families. Some of them may have extended families in the Ukraine. Um, so I, right. I can't imagine, you know, trying to play playoff hockey with that kind of stuff on your mind. So, uh, I mean, we could just hope that Vassy can somehow do what he does best and that's compartmentalize and, and focus in, in the playoffs. I thought he played pretty well tonight. Um, not, not the best. There were maybe a couple softies, but um, you know, I, I feel more, more, I feel for these Russian players. I really do. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I think, you know, we're going to need Vassy to be Vassy because when he's not great, the lightning don't win. It's right. that simple. When he's not great, the lightning don't win. So we need him to be great. Couple, couple guys, couple hockey legends passed in the last couple of weeks. Oh, guys, you and I remember Guy Lafleur, Mike Bossy. You know, yeah. Islanders with Mike Bossy in the '80s. We grew up in that era with the Islanders, and obviously Guy Lafleur in the late '70s, early '80s. Just your thoughts about those guys and what great players they were. You know, honestly, I grew up in South Florida, so I wasn't a big hockey fan until I got to Tampa Bay in '97. To be quite honest with you, but I. You know, obviously follow those, those careers from afar and as a sportscaster, um, you know, and, and really I, I kind of educated myself on Mike Bossy the last couple of days since his passing. And, and my goodness, uh, he is sorry. I got a little wash going. Uh, <laughs> washing, but today was cleaning day here at the house. So that, that racket you hear in the background, is my, my washer trying to deal with all, all of my uh, the rugs that are in there. So that's going <laughs> to that's going to sound like it's like the hockey game tonight. But um <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Bossy's numbers, I really wasn't uh, fully aware of how, how, how prolific a scorer he was in the, in the time that he was in the league. I think he only played like 12 years, over 500 goals. And I think he had, he had 50 goal seasons almost every year he played. I mean, he was unbelievable. Had he played as many years as Gretzky, I didn't even know this, 
he would have equaled a lot of his numbers. Right. So, right. you know, had he been as consistent. So um, unbelievable. And uh, talking to uh, Chief about Guy Lafleur, uh, obviously knew him very well. And, and what an incredible artist he was in, in, the, in the game of hockey. So um, really incredible stuff that uh, those guys, both of those guys put uh, their mark on the game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, no doubt. All right, listen to the Jason here in Tampa along with J.P. Peterson, J.P. Peterson Show, FanStreamSports.com. Hey, let, let me take a 10-second timeout. Turn you got it. Up. You Maybe got it. Probably the Wonder Dog will uh, entertain you. Ain't no problem. We'll just uh, keep going. Again, the hockey playoffs start this weekend. You got NBA playoffs in full stream. We're going to talk to J.P. here in a second about the USFL get his thoughts about the Tampa Bay Bandits and just the USFL in general. And we're going to hit the NFL draft with we're the Bucs. JP, at USFL, week two's kind of in the books here. Your thoughts on just the league in general. You Again, you and I remember, you and I, I remember the USFL in the 80s when it was good. Yeah, was good that, that was good. I got to be honest with you, Jason. I watched about four plays. <laughs> I got no interest. There I got go. no time for spring football. None. Okay. Yeah, I, listen, it's spring. It's my golf time. Uh, it's, it's you know, other things are going. I want to watch my baseball. I'm watching my Rays. Yeah. Uh, I got I got nothing for you on USFL. Okay. Uh, I don't even know if the band is won or lost. And, uh, and, and, that frankly, may be, and unfortunately, that may be the opinion, unfortunately, because there's not a whole lot of interest you're hearing about people. Until they play games here, I have zero interest in, in, in the Tampa Bay Bandits. Sorry, bro. Right. Got nothing for you. Yeah, I, I got you. And I'm with you. It's, it's hard to watch it. I understand why they're playing in Birmingham from a cost perspective. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. But, it's, but it's hard to get into it because you don't have any affiliation with the players. Yeah. Old USFL, you had big players in the league, Flutie, Herschel Walker, Steve Young, Jim Kelly. So there was name recognition. Yeah. Yeah. 99% is, of these guys, you never heard of. way different. I, the only th my only thought on the USFL is I would like to see Kyle Trask playing in the USFL. I would like to see the NFL have some type of feeder system or be a developmental right. league in some way for um, for the NFL. So have you know have the Bandits have an affiliation with the Bucks. Right. Because, you know, it looks like Trask is going to go another year without playing in a real game. And he would benefit tremendously from playing in this league, you know, playing 10 games and getting reps in this league and developing um, that they should find a way to do that. But that's all I got on the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good enough. Good enough yeah. for me. All right. NFL draft starting Thursday night, Las Vegas. Have you ever been to an NFL draft? I have never. I've never covered a draft. Um I'll be honest with you. For a long, long time, I never watched the draft. Okay, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big, you know, let's watch and see guys get picked and walk up on it. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm going to play golf. I'll, I'll have it on my phone, see where the draft goes, and analyze it afterwards. You know, I just sure. sit around waiting for, for dudes to make picks and stuff. I just never, I never really got into that. You know, it's just, but I understand the importance of it. I like the pre-draft stuff and, you know, kind of looking at players and where they fit. Um, huge college football fan. So I, I, you know, I know a lot of these college football players and, you know, I, I watch them over the year, you know, while I'm watching college football during the season, I'm always making notes on certain players that catch my eye. Um, and I, I really like this kid, Lewis seen yep. from Georgia, yep. the safety, you know, who I think can also play in the slot, a very a tremendously explosive athlete, great tackler, very physical, uh, long, fast, I think Todd Bowles, um, and I think this is where we might see some of the Todd Bowles influence on this draft. 
having more influence. I, I think the Lightning. I, mean, I think the Bucks will go uh, defense heavy okay. in this draft um, because their offense, frankly, is is in good shape. It's in great shape. Uh, I could see them drafting Zion Johnson, the guard, if yep. he's available yep. in the first yep. round. I yep. think he would be one of those guys that's uh, you know you want to plug in like an Ali Marpet for ten to twelve years. Yep. You don't want to miss on guys like that. You know if you're picking twenty seventh, but there's there's a few teams ahead of us. Um, that are looking at guards as well. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I think I think Jason Light's going to be very busy. I think he's going to be trading up and trading back, um, maybe trying to get more picks. But I think what they're looking for is to probably find two players that can impact this team on the defense this year, one in the secondary and one up front. Yeah. Either, either edge rusher or an interior off uh, defensive lineman that can help them. Because I still think, and this should be their mentality, this year is again, about being all in, you know, while, while they're not really forced to take a certain position uh, like they were a couple of years ago with Tristan Wirfs and boy, did they, was that a home run? Um, they still, I think philosophically want to, I think their number one goal should be find two playmakers on defense. Yeah. Um, and whether that be in the first, you know, of your first three picks, you should find two players on defense that you think can make an impact and I think that would be secondary and upfront. I think that should be their draft philosophy. And if somebody falls to you, that's a, you know, an offensive guard, you know, a lot of people are talking about receiver, you know, and I know it's a great receiver draft, but there'll be great receivers in next year's draft. And we have so much, you know, resources into that receiver position right now with Gage Evans and Godwin. I just don't, you know, I don't think you can go receiver, but um and I think, I think later, in the, later in the rounds, a receiver or in a running back, maybe. But I think the first four picks should be defense heavy. I think you'll see the Bucks probably at either, you know, like you said, second, third, fourth round. Tight end is a spot because they're aging there a little yeah. tight end. The yeah. Bucks just opened up $9 million of salary cap with Tom Brady. Don't think that $9 million is not going to rob Gronkowski, by the way. That's, that's exactly, exactly where that that's $9 going. Million's going. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly where that's going, but it ain't going to be until probably June or July. That's right. He's got, he's got Gronk beach to, to handle. Till then. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you. I think, I think you'll see a heavy influence defensively defensive line with potentially to replace shoe. Um, so I, again, you, you can never have enough cornerbacks in this league. Um, yeah. You know, you can't, especially hybrid guys, guys that can play safety and slot. They, they fortified that in the off season with Logan Ryan and a couple other guys. Your thoughts on – give me a Florida State, a Florida, and a Miami guy. We're so used to there being three or four guys from yeah. those schools going in the first round, and it's been very barren the last few years out of those three the programs. Give me a guy out of those one of those three programs that you like. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Um, you know, we talk about all the struggles of the Florida teams, and you don't have to look any further than the NFL draft. Yep. You know, the, the reason these teams are struggling is because they don't have the talent they once had. And, and, and look at Florida State's uh, only first-round pick is going to be a guy that, that was recruited by Georgia and Jermaine Johnson, who I think is going to be a hell of a pro. Yeah. I think this kid is going to be a steal uh, for, you know, he, he's, he's mocking out in the mid-teens, uh, late teens. And, man, I tell you what, I think this guy is a monster. He plays so hard and um, has a you know, great variety of moves. He's a physical beast. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, as far as the Gators go, the Kair Elam, you know, I know some people have linked him to the box. I, you know, 
I hope we don't take him. I'm not impressed by that kid. I don't, you know, they call me a Seminole hater, but I don't think he's a first round corner material. You know, maybe I'm a little shell shocked from the Vernon Hargraves experience. That should have right. no, that should have no bearing uh, on the pick. But, you know, I just, I, I hear this guy, everybody talking about this guy, like he's some great player and he just doesn't make plays. You know, he, to me, it, even in the, in the SEC, which obviously is the best talent conference in college football, you got to make plays, man. I want to, you know, want to see you breaking passes, getting interceptions, being a force out there. And I think his measurables are great. He looks the part, but no, thank you. No, thank you. You think Jacksonville goes the kind of the steady Eddie with Hutchinson, or there's lots of talk that they might go boom or bust with Trayvon Walker, Georgia defensive end. What do you think? If I if I'm the if I'm the Jags, I you know I try to trade down because I think you know the top three edge rushers are all about the same. I mean I think Hutchinson's great. Um, he's got a good pedigree, obviously. But if I could you know if I could get if I could turn that number one pick into two top uh, tens or fifteen picks, I'd right. do it. Um, but we'll see how they they have to wheel and deal a little bit to make that happen. And I know they got a lot of picks, so they you know trading down may not be that, but still. You know, premium talent is premium talent if you can, you know, finagle that. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll probably go chalk. They'll probably go Hutchinson, edge rusher. Um, you know, and then, you know, some of the, the players in this draft, I, I think there's – I get a sense that there's the top 10 to 15 players. I could put them all together based on your need. I don't know about you, but I just don't see that – and I don't see Hutchinson as a superstar right. can't-miss player. I think he's, a, you know – He's a Good 10 play. to 12 sack guy. Yeah. You know, I don't, th- I don't see him as a Von Miller. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see him as a dominant player like that. Um, you know, some of these receivers in the draft, uh, the two, two Ohio state kids, Alave, he's really good. I, I like, I think this is a great receiver draft um, quarterbacks. You know, yeah. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Eh. You know, I'm, I'm, I think Malik Willis is a very, very interesting cat though. Um, I don't, if I'm Carolina or, or Atlanta, I have a hard time passing on, on him. He could, you know, he, he intrigues me. He's got a lot of talent. Um, I love, I've seen a bunch of his interviews. I love his demeanor. Yeah. I think he's a great leader. You know, he's got a lot of Deshaun Watson, the good part. Um, a lot of Deshaun Watson in him. I think he's a better passer than Lamar was coming out. Um, great runner, um, a tremendous leader. If I'm if I'm Carolina, and again, it's so hard to predict quarterback success in this league. So much of it is tied to what where you go and who's coaching you. You know, early on. Um, so uh, we'll see. But I think it's intriguing. I think Carolina, Carolina, or Atlanta will take him. I think the guy to look out for that's I think somebody will make a big move for whether it's Kansas City or Green Bay, Jamison Williams, the guy that we're not yeah. sure he's hurt. We know he's going to miss some games, but he is the most electrifying receiver in this draft. And I think you're going to see teams, somebody's going to jump up and go get him, I think, whether it's a New England, a Kansas City, Green teams with multiple number one draft picks at the bottom of the round. I think you're going to see make a move to get a guy like, I think he's going to be a wild card guy in this first round. I think, uh, you know, with Justin Jefferson and – um, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase have done the last two years. I mean, yep. they have elevated the receiver position to honestly, in this league now, it's just like quarterbacks and receivers. I mean, that with Burrow and Chase did this year, I think, you know, um, it has changed a lot of draft boards. 
Yep. That used to, you know, I think every general manager in football would have taken an offensive tackle last year for the, if you're the Bengals, but they said, F it, you know, we're going to go get you. So it's a copycat league. We'll, we'll see how that works out. But, um, you know, I, I think that it's a good time to be a receiver in the NFL. No doubt about it. Last thing I'll get you out of here. How shocked were you? How shocked were obviously Brady making the announcement you come back. How shocked were you that that uh, Arians got bumped upstairs and how that old situation worked out? Well, I actually tweeted out a couple months ago that I wouldn't be shocked if Leftwich or Bowles became the head coach and Bruce got moved upstairs. And that was based on a couple of things. I mean, when I was at the Super Bowl, I heard a lot of this stuff about him and Brady not getting along. And I think it was more about, you know, I think to me, this has been a natural evolution. You know, the offense has gone from really an Arians offense to a Brady Leftwich offense. Right. So I don't think Arians felt like he had a whole lot of um, input into what was going on. <laughs> and obviously he wasn't doing anything with the defense. And, it, you know, instead of being a, you know, a guy that holds on too long, yep. you know, and wants to, you know, have that last year with Brady, I really believe it was a, a magnanimous decision that he made to hand it over to Bowles. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't. Now, was, was, was Brady a little uh, – probably a little bit upset about the way the offense was running? Yeah. I mean, they got skunked by the Saints. The first three quarters um, against the Rams were awful. Right. I mean, they had a great year in terms of numbers, but when they needed that offense late in the year when, they, when A.B. was gone, it wasn't great. And I think just initially that's probably why Brady retired. He's like, I don't want to do this again. It was too hard at the end of the year. And I think after a couple months he realized, you know what, for a month or 40 days or whatever it is, that was more about injuries to worse. It was more about not having AB and not having Godwin than it was about Bruce Arians or anything that was going on in there. And I think Bruce basically said, look, you know what? If I, if I'm, I'm not doing anything really, I've handed everything off to everybody else. Why not give Todd the keys to a, to a Ferrari instead of a Pinto, you know, until Brady leaves, you know, yep. it'd be, it would be, I wouldn't be walking the walk if I waited another year and, and put Todd in a bad situation in a rebuilding team. Cause that's what this team's going to be when Brady leaves, it's going to yep. be a rebuild team, a yep. complete rebuild. So I think, you know, he did what his legacy would suggest he should do. And that's leave a year early instead of a year late. I think it was a hell of a decision by Bruce. Uh, it was a very selfless decision. And I think the, I think the bucks rewarded him by moving him upstairs. They're going to pay him. And they're going to put him in the ring of honor next year. And I think that's exactly the way it should have been handled. I think everybody wins in this situation. Um, and I think the, the, uh, the narrative that he was pushed out by Brady is um, I don't think that's true at all. Nudged might even be a little bit more. I think it was Bruce's decision. hundred percent. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Well, John, JP, keep up the great work. I'm going to put you on record for Lewis scene is your pick in the first round. That's my pick. That's my pick. Lewis scene it is. So check out the JP Peterson show every Monday through Friday, 10 to 12, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yeah. You can find me at fanstreamsports.com. That's our website. It's a clearinghouse for all our, our podcasts and the live stream. We also have an app FanStream sports, which you can see FanStream sports, all one word, download it. It's just about listening to the show. You can tap the app and you can listen to the show from the beginning, anytime you want in middays, afternoon drive, whatever you want. We're live from 10 to 12. If you want to watch that on YouTube, we're also on Apple and Spotify. Just uh, search it on there, subscribe, and you can get the uh, notifications when the show posts every day at noon. So there you go. 
And if you're in the and if you're in the arena for playoff hockey, yes. you'll, see, you'll see John and all the JP and all the intermissions between periods stuff, doing some great stuff. With Come say hello. Keep up the great work, JP. And we'll you too, talk Jason. to you real soon, my man. You too. You got a great podcast. Appreciate you. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.